Welcome to the 200% Life Podcast, your weekly insights to spiritual growth and business success with Adam Hergenrother and Hallie Warren. So when we met with Book Thinkers a couple of weeks ago, I thought it was really interesting um, when Nick, who's the founder of Book Thinkers, yeah. was talking about how much he loved hourglasses. And it's um, funny because, I, of course, I follow him on Instagram. And he's got this like gorgeous bookshelf behind him, and he has all sorts of little hourglasses all over the place on his bookshelves. But his um, he shared with us that his purpose to, for his life, how he defines it, is to enjoy the passage of time. And for him, those little hourglasses are kind of a reminder of that for him. And I, I just love that. And I was kind of wondering for you, like you're pretty clear on what your mission vision for your life is, and you can share that with us. But then do you have any sort of like touch points or reminders that you use to keep that always kind of a top top of mind for you? Yeah, it's a great question. I think the hourglass is, uh, I forget where we, why I brought that up when we were in there. I either just listened to a podcast, read it in a book or something about how yeah. everyone should keep a like an hourglass like around their table or like on like next to their computer and like flip it over every now and then because the the point was is like it was almost like you have an hourglass and then you should like tape the top of it so you never know you know the sand is running out but you just don't know when and now it's kind of you like, know not yeah you don't know yes. how much is left you don't know when the last piece of gravel of the sand is actually going to come out and hit there because that is essentially like your death right like it's it's all going to be there i also heard that i'll answer the question on the roundabout way but um, I was listening to this uh, yesterday. They talked about, I forget the name of the book, so it's not a, a great example, but basically this guy had this hypothetical where you, you were given like, okay, somebody came down and said, you have one year to live and that's all there is. Mm -hmm. And basically all of society essentially just stopped working, right? Because they're like, what's the point of going there and scraping the fryer? What's the point of going there and maintaining electrical? What's the point of this? We're all going to die in a year. And there was one guy who did, he became, he was a police officer, right? And he just stayed becoming a police officer every single day. Um, throughout this. And and the point of this was that it's like, well, everyone's going to die, whether it's a year or a hundred years. So what's the point of doing anything? And so it's kind of like, it was like, it was just, it, it was, you know, sure. There's this conversation of like, well, it's generational. I'm trying to pass something along to somebody and trying to make it a little bit better. So therefore it's not there, but it was a good way of kind of thinking about all of this conversation, right. And ancestral, like whether it's an hourglass or whether it's you know, the whole world has a year left to live. Like, what would you do, right? Like if, if society falls apart, community, because nobody wants to do anything, it doesn't care because it's there. Well, anybody, it's in it, kind of true point. Like anybody can have that attitude at any point in time because you are going to die, right? Like you, you, do not, you do not know when that hourglass is going to run out. And uh, so what is the point of doing anything, right? And so I think that's, that's the, a big fundamental question that people are that I know that you and I have had for many years um, in, in our lives. But you know, What's so interesting is that I feel like there's two, maybe it's two types of people or two types of mindset because you say, you say, we only have a year left to live. Let's just use that example. We only have a year left to live. So what's the point of doing anything? There are those types of people. And then you have the people who are like, we only have a year left to live. Let's make every yeah. single moment count and experience as much as we, as we can as the world and help as many people within the time that we have. Like it's two like fundamentally different approaches to life. Yeah. And that was the point of that book was the other guy took exactly what you said. And he was like, well, of course, like I, I want in the whole, like the, the punchline of that book was like, there, there needs to be meaning in like your life and contribution. And so he's like, well, of course, yeah. whether it's a year or a hundred years left in your life, like there is a meaning and contribution. I think, you know, even when they looked at like the longest study of happiness, deep connection slash meaning was one of the most important things to, uh, you know, a life of, of long longevity. Um, 
And I think it was interesting when we, yeah, and we're in deeper connection with relationships, right? And I, you could call that meaning, right? When you have a deep connection with somebody, there's meaning to your, to your life there. I think it's, it's, the, it's the same thing. Like, so like people kind of like what you're saying, like you have two schools of thought there, but I think it's, you can use that almost every day though. That was kind of where I was driving with that. I think you were saying the same thing. It's like, sure. Like we just don't know when that hourglass is running out. We don't know when that sand's going to happen, but you do know that at some point it's going to, and every day, by the way, there's less sand in there, right? Like I always remind like every day in like my journal, I always remind myself like there's one less day I'm getting one, one, one foot closer to me no longer being here. So therefore, okay, wh where is meaning? What is it derived? And, and for me, it always comes down to, and this is a, it's not tied to anything except for a, essentially a choice for me, which is to raise the moment up. So the moment is better off for having passed by me. And that's literally how I live my life, whether it's with my kids, whether it's my family, whether it's personally, like, so if you're having some thoughts or moods that swing in there and you're experiencing them, it's going, okay, great. My purpose in my life is to raise this moment up. So if I'm starting to raise this moment up, I can't be in this negative state. So therefore I'm going to do whatever technique or whatever I need to do to kind of release that so you can raise the moment up. But it's not, I think we got to be careful about not picking something that is tied to something that we don't have a choice over. Right. Like it's like we're control over control over exactly that we can mm -hmm. do, particularly something that's external, which is I still think of the, one of the biggest challenges that people are facing right now, which is uh, and I think there's a there's an awakening to that happening right now. Right. A real awakening where people are going, OK, I heard Seth, Seth Godin say this on a podcast, but he's like people have finally, and again, like people like Seth Godin, who's a big marketer are now writing books about meaning, right? And like, and, and, and essentially like using this as a as platform, as a conversation that as he gets into his mid sixties, he's like, all right, we are really going to die here, right? Like, what is the, what is the point here? And one of the things he says in that book is that like, um, uh, or on the podcast, what he said was, uh, I forget, what was I going to say? And it was a good point. About meaning? Yeah, but it was like the, uh, it was the punchline. It was really good, Howard. I'm not entirely sure, but I, to to your point about Seth Godin changing too, like, I mean, you know, I followed Marie Forleo yeah. for like the past 13 years. She was yeah. like one of the first yeah, I people that. I started yeah. following really in like the personal development. Yeah. It wasn't really in personal development, but it was like kind of influencer. Yeah. She did a lot of marketing and leadership coaching and, you know, developed courses for entrepreneurs and all of this really cool stuff. And over the past couple of years specifically, and she actually has shared that she's had, uh, she had some health challenges and was, I don't necessarily know if she used the word burned out, but there was, she yeah. needed to make some major changes in her life. And when that happened, she's also kind of transitioned a lot of her coaching and teaching. She was already kind of spiritually aligned, but it's even leaning more in that direction. And, you know, she has worked with Tony Robbins and Oprah. Um, most recently, I've been really into some of the interviews and work that she's yeah. done with Lynn Twist, who is super fascinating. But yeah, it's interesting to see all these people who were these big marketers or leaders and, you know, focus so much on entrepreneurship and business um, not letting that go, but just yeah. weaving in more of the inner work into those conversations. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's again, the 200% life. I mean, that is like for me anyways, for that, it's that model, right. Of like, how do you answer that question of like playing in the world and then also doing this, but it does seem to be like, there's this kind of tipping point that's occurring where everyone is waking up. Oh, this is what I was going to say about Seth. Seth said that like in the podcast, he said, he, you know, he's like, I think people have kind of realized over the last 20, 30 years, they've woken up and looked in their basement. They have a ton of stuff that's in there and going, I don't need any more. And I don't need anything more, right? I don't need anything more that way. What I'm really looking for is meaning. You can use the word contribution. You can use the word service. You can use something that's there. But again, so I always go back is like, that's it. That's an internal 
state, by the way, right? That is still an internal thing that you can then bring to the external. He gave this example, which I thought was really powerful, which is like, if you, they, I forget how they did the study, but like, they look at like a lot of musicians who are doing it to try to make money, right? And, a lot, and most of them were actually miserable because most of them actually didn't make it, right? And so they were playing to try to make it and they're trying to get these extra jobs or an actor, like if you go to Hollywood, most of them are waiting tables, like in between their job sets, trying to get there. And a lot of them don't make it, right? We, we know about the ones that do, a lot of them don't. And he said, they, and then they looked at people like who played in community choirs, right? Like, so they didn't get, they didn't paid for it. In fact, they probably paid to actually do it, right? Mm -hmm. And they had, they were so much more meaning in that playing of that, uh, than anything else that was there. And they measured that and they were, they were so much happier in their lives, a lot of different people. And I think that goes back to that same thing, which is like, okay, it's not the playing of the music. It's your intention behind it. What part of you is actually playing of the music? Because both people are playing music, but one's in an unhappy state and one's in a happy state. One's trying to get money from it. One's trying to do it just to contribute and do different things. Well, just because it brings them joy and fulfillment. Well, it's kind of like what you what yeah. you said before we started recording about the article that we sent out for Founder and Force Multiplier, right? You should comment on that. Well, about the yeah. hobbies and versus like hustle, hustling for to create all because it is funny. Yeah. Even I have been guilty of that. Like I'm like, I can't have a hobby unless it somehow is going to make me money. If I want to just blog, nope, can't just blog because I want to. I need to somehow make sure I can monetize that or, you know, set up my Amazon affiliate. So I'm at least making some money that way. And it's like, why, why am I, why am I doing that to myself? Yeah. Why can't I just do it for the pure joy of writing or exploring different, you know, books and conversations? But I think it's because our society has that's where our society was for so long. If you're not making money, if you're not hustling. If all of that, all of that stuff, then you're not as worthy or you're not hardworking enough or you're lazy or whatever the stories are that you, you're telling yourself. But that um, article in particular that I shared, it was just a great reminder that, you know, the point of having hobbies is to have a hobby yes. and to have a break and to disrupt like the, yeah. you know, your work day or your, your regularly scheduled programming for your life that can be very stressful sometimes. And, you know, a hobby is a way to rest and relax and recharge and get a new perspective. And if you're just trying to use that to make more money, then, then it kind of defeats the purpose. It is no longer a hobby at that point. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Like, again, if you're trying to like create a side hustle of creating music versus just going to your community and accepting the fact that you don't want to get paid money and doing it and actually, yeah. uh, um, just playing for the fun of it in your community, right? I also look at the same thing with coaching, right? I mean, I, I, as a lot of people know, I coach a lot of different sports, particularly for youth, and I pay for the coach, right? Like I'm, I'm not actually paying the coach, but like we bought kids trophies, we're paying for buses to bus people down there. And like, we're, we're giving up our time to do that. And it's brings so much joy, right? Like to do that. And then you could go like, how do I monetize this? And it's like, well, does that take away from what actually you're doing? And I think there's an element of, of mm -hmm. truth to that, right? And for what it is. Yeah. yeah, but it's really it's well. It's because, I'm sorry. I was just going to say that's because again, over the past I don't know, 50, 100 years or so, we did move from the from a a job being, you know, work to to uh, fund your life. And yes, of course, if you can enjoy your life or your work, that's great. But we have turned turned work into funding your life. Into work is your life, and therefore we tried to get as much enjoyment out of it as possible, which is why we're trying to turn our hobbies into you know this. Mon, you know, to monetize our hobbies so that we can enjoy it as much, but then it's actually having the exactly. reverse. Yeah. 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 That's the, uh, that's that 200%. You know, I was getting a massage. I shared this earlier from a, a lady uh, who opened up the Fiji spa for Tony Robbins and Sage, and she knows them both very well. And uh, anyways, the really interesting thing was 
she lived in Fiji uh, off, like not in like the big part of it, but she lived in Fiji, met a hu her husband there and had three kids in Fiji. They moved back here um, for schooling, but their plan is to go back there and they go back there three months a year. And I was just asking her about it. And she's, I was like, well, what do you love most about Fiji versus, you know, the US uh, or where we are here? She happens to live in Stone out. And she said the way of and pace of life. She said um, they like they will make everything from scratch and like having a picnic is an all day event. Like it starts in the morning, they go get their food, they all go out there and get it. And she said it's there. And she's like, be very clear. Like there are some things I don't like about it there, but like she's like, I where our goal is to get back there uh, as fast. She's like, the schooling is something that we needed to work through. That's why they actually come here. But they're like mm -hmm. that way of life. It's just completely different. There's a whole like shark tooth story. Have you ever heard of that? Like it's like how they they so. they give shark tooth from like from family to family and they get a plot of land every time they do it. And that's where they end up building their house. And like, they're all in these communities and how they kind of grow from there. But it's interesting to hear her, like um, someone who's very, very good at what their job is. And she's like, it's, it's the way of life and, and the pace of it, uh, which is different. And I, again, everyone's going to have a different nature. So that may make sense. Yeah. And it may, may not sense for people. I think that the point though, is like, is there's a, there's people are, are stopping and pausing and going, okay. Right. Like there it's, it's almost as if it's moved past Hallie, right? Of like, I need a new job. It's not there. And people are almost realizing that maybe it's not necessarily the job. Maybe it is, maybe it's not, but maybe there's just something, a bigger question that I can have. And I think that's what we're seeing kind of bubbling to the surface. I still think there's plenty of people who haven't even paid close attention to this and that they were listening to this would turn this off in 15 seconds because they don't, they just want to go mm -hmm. make money. Right. And, uh, and I know a few of those individuals and that's great, right? They're in that stage. And yeah. in fact, um, I know that I was at some point and I, I think you were right there as well, totally. well too. And, yeah. um, but it's, it's really fascinating to kind of see this, how this has shifted into these conversations, uh, and people really bringing this into, into their life. Yeah. And, and it doesn't, and I mean, that's why the 200% life is so great though, because it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. Exactly. You don't need to either have that slow, slower paced way of life or living, which is highly attractive to mm -hmm. me, the whole slow living movement. I've been reading a lot about that um, and learning more about that versus, you know, making a great income and, and making and, and having passive income. They don't, they can both exist. Yes. They definitely can both, both exist, but it is a mindset shift because it's a totally different way of living. I've lived the complete opposite way for, you know, 10, 12 years and, you know, having to reshift my mindset around, you know, success can exist in many different ways and it can look and look and feel differently. It doesn't have to only feel like hustle and yeah. stress. It can feel different. Well, remember success. It's a great way you say that success is a concept that people buy into and then apply an action to. That's really mm -hmm. like when people were, when people are thinking of like success in our culture or specifically in the Western culture, it's about how much value do you have, i.e. money or things that you've brought into it that is giving you some credibility to build up your self-concept, right? I mean, that's how, and then we define and measure success by how we identify ourselves in the world with the self-concept that we created. So it's like this, we actually do it ourselves. And that's like the whole thing is that we created the self-concept that basically says, okay, you're really happy when you get what you want or the war, the world rewards you for who you think you are. And we've all bought into these concepts of what success is in terms of defining that. Then we go out there and try to live that and all of it is just like, it's not wrong. It just doesn't work. Right. And so that's why I think people are waking up and realizing, looking back and going, hold on, I created this little monster that's in there. I created the fact of defining what success means to me. Then I've created the rules of how I need to behave in the world in order for, mm -hmm. for me to feel the level of success that I want to feel. 
Uh, and if that's all psyche, ego, whatever you want to refer to it as, as built up in there. Now it's like, now I got to live it up, right? Now I can't, now I will stay and do whatever I need to do, cheat, steal, fight, sacrifice everything else in my life, whatever that means in order to maintain that. Whereas if you can, can do the, the real inner work, which is to remove the part of you that's preventing you from just enjoying the experience of life or raising it up. Um, it's and when you do that work, that's when you can lean into both, both of it, right? You can still do a lot of things, but that doing is rooted in being, I shared with you yesterday, I was listening to Oprah and Eckhart Tolle have a conversation about being and doing and just how even mm -hmm. Oprah was like, you know, if you've noticed she's, she's still doing plenty of things, right? She's still out there, but it's more about using that, all the inner work that she's learned and realizing like, I need to be first and that needs to be my root cause of being. And then that leaks into the doing that I do and, and it becomes easier. And again, these aren't concepts that anyone that you hear alive today have created. They're saying it in their own words and they're using really good ways of explaining it that makes sense to different people. And some people resonate differently with other people, but these are, these are thousands and thousands of years old, right? Of That these, yeah. these, these, you know, know thyself and scripted and things and whether it's the Gita or the Bible or, or whatever, whatever, you know, makes sense for you that you're reading. These are just, you know, the Tao, right? I mean, the, I mean that, that book in itself, right? Uh, it's, just, it's just really interesting to kind of see how like that, the world is shifting in that way and how people, again, can really bring this into their own life and ask some of these questions, right? That's really the whole point of this is just to bring awareness because Hallie or I can't do this work for you. Um, I can't do the work for Hallie. Hallie can't do the work for me. That's what makes it such an individual, unique journey for all of us is that nobody else can do that inner work. Nobody can do it for you. Nobody knows what you're truly experiencing there except for you, right? Because you can, sure, you can try to explain it. You can, you can, you can think you understand something, but the reality is, is you're the only one in there witnessing and experiencing the life that you're, that's the moment that's being presented to you. And then you have a choice. Do I get to enjoy this or do I want to fight and suffer with life? Um, so, I mean, obviously we're in this very interesting transitionary, transitory, um, <laughs> period in like I think in just society and in, in general I mean we're, we've been talking about it we've clearly seen it in the past couple of years especially in the business world I think um I did hear this really interesting quote and I'm curious what you think about it it's from the naturalist E.O. Wilson he was born in 1929 um he lived to be about 92 years old and he was kind of considered this modern day Darwin and he had some um controversial work about human nature over nurture he believed that human behavior was a product of genetic predetermination, not learned experiences. However, this is a little background on this guy, but this is the quote that stuck out to me that he said, we have stone age emotions, medieval institutions, and godlike technology. And then another medium who works with celebrities, her name is Carissa Schumacher. She said, we have had much progress without evolution. What do you, what do you like? think about that and do you feel like that's true and and where does that leave us in this kind of transitionary period where you know we haven't necessarily evolved to keep up with the technology our our governmental institutions ne haven't necessarily evolved we haven't necessarily evolved as much um what do you think yeah you know um when i when you first shared that with me i was happy i don't know do you have you watched the new like 2023 planet earth series on migrations uh, I don't know if I watched that particular episode, but I've watched some of that episodes. The, the, yeah, yeah the, so the new 2023 is all like the, or at least the, se the, the most recent season is all about migrations for like each month, they like January, February, March, all through, they look and they find a group of birds, insects, snakes, you know, uh, 
what polar bears, everything that kind of in different months mm-hmm. they migrate and they kind of talk about it. But one of the things that stuck out with me is they talked about two different variations, um, but they had a common theme almost in all of them. I don't know if it was intent, maybe it was, but the one thing they shared all of it was like the wildebeest, the great migration, the wildebeest, and because they're traveling yep. for food. And some of those make a lot of sense because they need to. But more, I don't know, it's maybe 50, 60, 70% of the migrational patterns aren't necessary anymore. But yet all of these mm-hmm. animals are still traveling because they're there. And I didn't realize this, but they're, they're governed by like magnetic pull, basically like the pull yeah. inside them is what kind of drives them yes. and how is they're able to like a, like a bird that gets, you know, is born and on the beach for three weeks. And I forget what they call it lives at 60 years old. Won't return back there until it's 15 years old. Knows exactly where to return back to from the magnetic pull, but flies like a, like a literally like a thousand kilometers to go there, which, and there's mm-hmm. food like five feet off the shore. And they're going, you, you, you don't need to make that whole, like that whole journey. Right. And then like the right. salmon, like the salmon who spawn up and they used to spawn up there because they had spawning grounds. And there's now a big issue in California. They're taking away recreational fishing because there's not a, uh, because the dams and different things, but the salmon, again, once again, don't need to make that journey anymore. Like they used to for evolutionary purposes. Mm-hmm. And so in each one of these kind of, um, these months, there were some like the wildebeest makes sense. There's like polar bears. They had to travel for food. So there's food. But uh, a lot of these kind of migrational patterns were so instinctual that they didn't like somebody didn't wake up and go, hold on, you don't need to do that anymore, right? Like you don't actually need to go spawn up a river and die and spending, you know, three weeks trying to get up there when you could have just, you know, you could have done this right after five years and the same thing with the birds. And I think we're in that same species because remember humans, the human body part is an animal too. So we have these instinctual drives. If you remember like Freud's like, like the id, the, 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 what is it? The, the id. The I, the id, and the superego, or the ego, the id, and the superego, or something id like and that. The super yeah. Mm-hmm. And the id is like those animal instincts. And I think that has not like changed, right? Like we are still very habitual. That's why we have psychological fear. That's why we have a lot of these different things that's still in, in, in this. And we haven't really changed uh, in terms of that or kept up with our, you know, the changing of, t- of the times, just like a lot of these animals haven't. I think consciousness in itself um, will have a choice, right? And uh, which relatively pretty soon, which is like, do you start over like you did with dinosaurs? Um, to we were literally having this conversation with the massage therapist yesterday. It's like, do you do that? Does consciousness one day wake up and just literally, basically do what it did with dinosaurs and be like, well, this isn't going to work, and start over, right? You know, seventy million years ago, whenever that that actually occurred. Um, or do we, you know, are we on, are we on this point where we can get enough consciousness, which is to really change the direction of how we are, are living out in this world, in this life and, and planet earth to make these more, um, I would say consciousness shifts that allow us to keep up with the technology and things that we're doing, because if we still go away with the same mode or same level of consciousness that we're at, I don't think we, I don't, I don't know how much longer we survive as necessary species. I'm not saying like tomorrow, I'm saying like it could be a million years from now or a thousand years from now, right? Remember the earth is four and a half billion years old. Humans have only been around, human sapiens have only been around for a couple hundred thousand, right? So it's like, it's not like we've been around for a long time and there is this next evolutionary shift that needs to happen in consciousness first, which again is that kind of that interstate, uh, which allows us to keep up with a lot of the other things. Thoughts on that? Yeah, it was just making me think a little bit about, I, I'm obviously into Lynn Twist right now, but she was talking about it from even a lot of what you're saying, even from an environmental perspective, like, you know, the places that used to be rainforests are now yeah. deserts, and that does affect us as a species. And, I mean, it's just, it is just kind of, you know, it, it, 
whatever, however you land on the whole environmental stuff, like it is a fact that our planet's resources are depleting and and all of that. So how long can we um, maintain if we're continuing to go in that direction? So yeah, it's, I just think it's interesting. And then how does technology come into all of that? And are we, are we evolved enough to be able to handle the advances in technology that are cropping up every other day? It seems like, um, in fact, I literally this morning, I think there's like a new, uh, I don't know when it came out, but I only just saw it this morning. I think there's a new social media called threads Mm -hmm. that's from meta. So Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, and now it's threads. And I, and I don't know enough about it yet, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's Twitter, but in the meta verse or whatever. And so that's like, it's just one more thing. And that's just social media, let alone things like AI and 11 labs and chat GPT and, um, the Apple vision pro and like all of these things that are completely changing the way that we interact with the world. I think the other, I think the other way of saying this from a, from a deeper level is that if the ego is continuing to run everyone's lives, it'll probably ruin all of our lives. Like meaning that if mm-hmm. the, right now, remember spirituality is about changing the part of you. It's not changing what you do or how you interact the world. It's changing the part of you that's actually doing anything. And right now what you're seeing, particularly you're seeing that kind of come to light, but over the last, you know, 10, 15,000 years, it's been an egoic driven world, right? So it's like power, authority, influence. And for 99% of the people, they've been unconscious, right? They just, that's just how you do it. You, mm-hmm. you gain all that and it's very ego driven. So it's a different part of us that's doing it. That's probably not best for human. It's not because it's, it's deteriorating the earth. Now it's almost like we're waking up. People are waking up on a daily basis. And they're waking up. They're not enlightened beings, not like the Buddha or Jesus walking around, but they're just waking up enough, like just ordinary people, right? They're waking up and going, you know what? Like maybe this doesn't work or, or maybe there's something different or like, what is the purpose of life? Like just, that's all it takes. That's all like that. The waking up means of like just meditating on self, which is like, okay, why am I here? What is the point of this? We're going to do is just having deeper questions about that's really where it starts. And that leads down into, okay, then it leads to paths of, all right, so collectively, how do we better protect our environment? Collectively, how do we make better choices for as an organization? And then to your point, collectively, how do we deal with AI? And if you have a lot more conscious individuals cha- making these these you know these efforts to go after this, it, it's going to end up with the best result that we possibly can. Whereas if you have ego driving a lot of this, it's going to end up probably in the worst possible situation that we can. And how long does it allow it to to last for? You know, that's who knows, right? I mean. We don't know how we really got here. We don't know how our bodies really work. I get people understand biologically how they work, but you, you know what I'm saying. It's 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 from yeah. there. I even like my brother-in-law is the head intermediate cardiologist. So he's very big into medicine. And one day we had this really wonderful debate and I was just like, so where does your heart come from? Like, and he would give me the perfect scientific answer. I'm like, no, no, where, how, how'd you make it? And like, you could say I do this, but I'm like, where did that come from? Like, you just, so like nobody, at some point you're kind of just, and, and, and if you watch, I don't know if you pay attention to the solar system as much as I do, but like, like every, and I don't look, I don't, let's, I don't like pretend like I'm an expert. I just, it catches my eye and I, I enjoy reading yeah. it, but every day they're finding a new like star or like a galaxy or, you know, stuff that they know, like a new black hole they never knew existed. And so now they're like having, this is where the universe and things came from. And now black holes eat black holes and and all that stuff. So again, it's just, we're finding out so much more information. I think that's the cool thing about science is that like, it's never hundred percent right. And, and, and then no scientist will ever tell you they're hundred percent right. Cause there's always room for improvement. 
It's just based on the last set of technologies that somebody gets to work on and improve upon. Um, and I think that's really where we're headed. So Hallie, when you think about all this, like what is, what is something that you do every day to, again, put yourself in this best situation to contribute to raising the moment up, contribute towards society or contribute towards your own well-being, right? And, and I think that's because that's, it's, people sometimes get lost in thinking like, I'm never going to be able to help the environment, but you know, Hey, if we all, you know, if we all do the X, like, or the other day, like, the example that I always think about this is we just had a 4th of July parade and I was walking and I was in the parade with my kids and we were throwing candy and the way back, we walked it. And there's a bunch of candy in the streets. And I, I don't, I hate seeing litter in our environment, particularly. So we kind of, my kids and I, we pick it up and and so we started picking up a few pieces and there were so many. And I'm like, and my kid is like, oh, there's just too many. We can't even like, what's the point of even picking mm. it up? And I was like, well, mm. that's the thing, guys. If we all take that attitude, then nobody does anything. But I said, what if we all just picked up two pieces and then we just left the rest? I said, if everyone can't pick up two pieces, it'd all be there. So we all bent down, grabbed two or three pieces that were in front of us, put in our pocket and never thought about it again. Because at some point you can't just walk around picking up all the trash, right? Like, well, I guess you could, but you get my point, right? But if you all yeah, just yeah. wake up and we all just do one little action towards something, it's a huge improvement uh, in our lives and in, in, in the well-being of, of our society. So for you, Hallie, like, I'm just curious. Like, oh, well, oh, yeah, I'm asking, asking, yeah. That's asking me, me what I do. Yeah. Um, I don't. Or maybe, it's, or maybe it's something that you do to work on yourself, right? Or yeah. Or may, maybe, maybe honestly doing this podcast is, is your way of doing yeah. that. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously reading and, yeah. and putting like taking a lot of input. And then of course I share yeah, everything go. I learned exactly. constantly, um, whether it's on the podcast, whether it's by email, whether it's on social media, yeah. that's probably. I think the cool thing with you too, is you share, yeah. you share, obviously there's, there's, um, you know, obviously if there's ways to generate income from things that you do, like that's, that's totally fine. I think most people look at that, but I think for you too, you sh naturally share to share, to add value to the world. I think that's one of the biggest. Yeah, I'm not yeah. doing it from that's a monetary exactly right. perspective at all. I just am. I love information and reading and sharing yes. concepts yes. and ideas and thoughts and who knows where that goes or what might help somebody um, on a different trajectory of their their life or question that I might ask that may help them. But yeah, um, yeah, that's actually interesting. I I think I've probably have tried to monetize it in the past. And even now, sometimes I think about like, how do I monetize? Honestly, this morning I was thinking about that now that you mention it. And then I'm like, that's just not yeah. who I am. Yeah. It does not feel in alignment yeah. with who I am. Yeah. And I need to just lean in more to, yeah. to what makes most sense for me to, to and how to show yeah. up. Well, and also like also brings you the most inner peace, right? Which is that whole, again, going back to the analogy of the people who are trying to play or an actor and the people that were playing in community orchestra had so much more happiness than somebody trying to do that uh, and, and, and being there. It doesn't mean if it comes your way, you renounce it, right? It doesn't mean anything that that's the 200% totally, yeah. but it means you can <laughs> lean into it, right? And share as much yeah. as you do. But you also know the people who are just promoting to promote something so they can make a, a profit. Again, that's that part of you that's doing it is different, right? And there's a mechanism to business that I understand about marketing. And so it isn't Hallie. Like we understand that, but we're not saying that, right? There's just a general like intent that when you wake up just to share to share and, and you will be rewarded for that because you're sharing. So again, there's many things that you can do to, to um, bring more awareness and, and awakening people. Uh, again, just Awakening people doesn't mean that somebody you've taken somebody you made them enlightenment. It's literally as simple as just changing the orientation of their direction of their life and taking taking a different path. I, you know, yesterday I got an email from a, one of the Project U participants who just 
who was kind of sharing a little bit about like how their life's more peaceful and different directions, different things. And this morning I got a text message, a long text message from somebody who's been in our lives who I coached for years and I haven't really seen them for a couple of years, but something happened in their life that they finalized and they were sharing and like, they were just sharing like this, this, this kind of like this expiration that they've had. And it really started with just asking questions and like having their own awareness. Mm. That's what kind of got me on this, this, this chat a little bit was just like, it's just that every day she had to do her own work. Right. And she did a lot of her own work and, and so does okay. Hallie, so do I, but, or if we can just orient somebody in a slightly different direction to ask a different question, their entire life has changed. Right. And that's really the beginning part of awakening. And we can all take those steps to ensure somebody looks uh, more holistically at their life. Hey everybody, before you go, Helen and I wanted to ask you for a favor. As business owners, you understand that reviews and testimonials are an essential part of growing your business and reaching new audiences. Well, from two business owners to another, we would be incredibly grateful if you could support us by leaving a review. It does really help us get the podcast in the hands of other conscious business owners. So thank you. Thank you.